Hey, welcome to a special episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. I am running solo today. Jennifer Valdez is uh, at home doing, uh, as I think we're all supposed to be doing right now, doing a stay-at-home order. I am at the office just catching up on a bunch of paperwork and handling the crisis that is real estate in this environment. So I just kind of wanted to give a little thoughts on my uh, feelings on the coronavirus, the lockdown, and how it's affecting real estate. Could be a real sh- short uh, episode. Oh man, it, it's been a very interesting time period the last uh, month uh, throughout the world. Um, I've actually been keeping tabs on this since like December, and watching it come from Wuhan to the United States, and did a little prep with the family, a little extra buy here and there. Didn't think about the toilet paper. Uh, that was that was one that caught me off guard, but I think it caught most people off guard. But it's just a pure, pure supply and demand thing, right? When some people think it's going to be important and start buying like crazy, everyone else thinks there's going to be a shortage. And exactly what happens is a shortage. And so it's been uh, been an interesting one to watch. I actually sit on the board of an organization that manufactures toilet paper here locally. They are doing uh, gangbusters of business and cannot keep up with supply and demand. We actually uh, manufacture toilet paper for the, the Texas prison system. And uh, for a while there, we were actually uh, selling to the public for a couple of weeks in these large cases of uh, 48 and 96 rolls. And we, we had to stop a little bit because the prisons were getting worried that they we wouldn't be able to meet their demand, uh, even though we doubled our shift load and we're running this toilet paper machine nonstop. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, how how things go, and I think that's what I really wanted to talk about today is is expectations within a crisis. Now, there's always going to be a wrong decision made. There's always going to be a better way to handle things, and no one can ever be prepared for when chaos hits your life. And you can be better prepared for when chaos hits your life. But when something like this hits, where it's something that you, a month, six, eight weeks ago, if you weren't watching what was going on in China and you were just living your life normally, you weren't even contemplating that this could happen in the United States, where freedom to go about and do your daily business, to go out and go to the beach, go to the park with your kids, go out and watch a movie, hang out with your friends, go to a concert, do all those things could come to a halt in the matter of a couple of days, weeks, and a decree given by a local authority, a governor. Yeah, that's what happened. And the vilification process on social media began to take control. That's been a fun thing to watch. The calls for a king have gone out across the land. People asking for authority to take control, make everyone stay in their home, fine people, arrest people, turn in businesses that are staying open. And I get it. I get that people want to 
stop the spread, flatten the curve, as the, the phrase is. I have a lot of friends we know that work in medicine, that work in ERs, that work on the front lines, and God bless them. It's a tough thing. Uh, we have clients who have taken their houses off the market. We had a client who lost a family member in another state to COVID. I had a conversation with an agent in Texas whose parents have COVID. And so I can definitely see it uh, from both sides. I can definitely get the sense that this is a big deal. And it, it really is a big deal. You do not want to get it. Uh, I spoke to a friend earlier who had a relative that had it, and he said it's not anything to mess around with. And the calls of the cure is bigger, is more deadly than the, the disease is being talked about too. And I can get that side. Yeah, as a business owner, it's been kind of interesting. Um, I'm, I'm in a 100% commission-based world, so it's a little bit different. I'm kind of used to the chaos of ups and downs, of having months without revenue, or revenue uh, being slower than other months especially in the seasonality of the real estate business. So I have a little different take on it because the, the change in the business world has is, is been interesting to watch because it's showing how adaptable we can be as consumers, as entrepreneurs, it's showing how adaptable we can be as employees. Technology has given us a great gift, the ability to be mobile, the ability to be decentralized where we can work from home. It's a lot of amazing things. Yet it's not perfect. The expectation that things are gonna remain the same, that business is gonna operate the same is not logical. I was speaking with a uh, company earlier that helps uh, get deals closed, and <laughs> it was an interesting conversation because uh, every deal we have is being delayed. And she says the problem is everyone's working from home. And I said, that's true. And I said, how many people are actually working? And she said, well, I don't know but I get a lot of emails between eight and 10 at night. And it's probably rightfully so. I tried working at home for a few days. It's tough. I have a tough time doing it the normal uh, business because my, my kids are homeschooled and they're always home. And they're usually gone in the evening. So when I do go home and work from home, they're not usually there. The weekends is where it gets kind of crazy. But I couldn't imagine right now being home trying to work from home, you got spouse, husband, wife, partner, partner, whatever the situation, both trying to work from home, both using the internet while everyone in the world is using the internet at the same time, trying to homeschool your kids that you've never planned on doing, you haven't prepared to do. And still get your work done. While you got customers on the other side on their computers who are frustrated 
and you have all the people in between. And I get it. It's tough. Have one deal closing on time out of 16 this month. Multiples moved from March to April. You got people in boxes, people with U-Hauls waiting to be picked up. Have people losing their jobs or getting furloughed. Have people making crazy decisions because of uncertainty and, and the chaos that is going on because we have no idea how long this is going to last. No one has an idea of, is it going to get back to normal? And my thought on that is probably not. Even if we get out of this, even if we get to the position where they say, hey, we can open businesses again. Hey, you can meet in groups of 10 again, in groups of 25 and 50. Because remember, we're not going to be able to phase out immediately. It's not going to be like, hey, tomorrow all the theaters are open. You can go have a restaurant with 300 people in it. You can go to a concert. Jerry Seinfeld is going to be in my town in June. We can all go to that. Is anyone going to actually accept that? That it's going to go from zero to a hundred? No, it's going to have to phase out just to like the way we phased in. And so it's going to be a week where 10 people can get together. 50 people can go into a restaurant the next week. A month later, 250 people can gather. Churches can start gathering. Hey, we're going to, that's going well. A month later, 500. A month later, a thousand. Hey, just in time for baseball playoffs. If that even happens. So we got to get ready for the sense of the rest of 2020 is going to be very interesting because the normal is not going to be there. The adaptability within our own minds and our own hearts and our own uh, brains is going to have to be a real thing. The way we work with those around us is going to change the way it already has. The way we interact with our friends already has. My daughter's taking dance classes online with teachers in Dallas, and it's the coolest thing because we never had that chance before. They wouldn't even think about doing online classes. Now she's taking dance classes with guys like uh, girls like Tyler Peck and, and just different dancers from across the country who are saying, you know what? I'm at home. You're at home. We love dance. Let's get this done together. And it's a really cool thing. So there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come out of this in the midst of this chaos. But what's not going to come out of this is us ramping up immediately and getting back to the way things were January. What we're going to see is a different world. We're going to see a lot of good things come out. See a lot of bad things because the economy is going to be a struggle. Now, politics aside, thank God we were in a such pos great position going into it. N no presidency could have planned for this. You know, that's the hardest thing about social media to be on right now is watching that and all the Monday morning quarterbacks that said they should have been ready for this. Who could be ready for this? Who, who could really have thought of a global pandemic that spreads this quickly? Well, I'm sure there were some smart people that did. You know, the last uh, 20 years, we should have been preparing for this. I guarantee you, going forward, they will be prepared. I, I think there's been a lot of fumbles, but there's been a lot of forward progress. There's been a lot of vitriol, 
a lot of good talk, a lot of bad talk. I think the interesting thing has been watching people on Facebook thinking they they know all sides of it from reading one story. And this, this is one thing I've definitely done on this is is read both sides because the truth is never from the side. It's always from the middle. It's been interesting watching people politicize this whole thing. You know, remember 9-12 after September 11th, the world kind of unified. And, and that's really what we need right now. And I think for the most part, I would say most of the country, most people are coming together. Nobody wants to see anybody get sick, except for those few sickos on Facebook, Twitter. And Nobody wants to go through the pain of this. And that's why we're all willing to do the shutdowns, the lockdowns. Whether you believe they work or not, honestly, they got to to some degree, right? There is some evidence. There is some evidence that it doesn't, but that's well beyond my pay grade. I'll just let you read the articles. But what I can say is this. Your kids, your family members, are going through a tough time. They're going through uncertainty. You're going through uncertainty and tough times, as am I. And frustration levels are on the rise. Anger is on the rise. But so is family time. I've never seen my kids ride a bike before, truthfully. My daughter had a bike in the garage for the last two and a half years, and until until <laughs> we got quarantined, she hadn't pulled it out. So I cleaned that part of the garage, got the bike out for her. And she rides it almost every day. She's going to be 12 soon. And with her classes canceled at night, she has a little bit more free time. Yes, we're those crazy people that I've actually seen a couple of friends over this. Been very careful. We're, we're really doing a pretty damn good job of social limitation. I think I've seen a <laughs> maybe 10 people in the last month just in different scenarios. Keeping that very, very limited. Washing the hands all the time. Got sanitizer in my car. And we've been doing more stuff at the house, trying to get things cleaned up. But there's this expectation that you have all this free time here, you get it done. But it's okay if you're not. Now, you should take advantage of it a little bit and kind of start a few things, right? But there's going to be people out there who are overwhelmed with not just uh, being isolated, but there's going to be people out there who are overwhelmed with the scope of what's going on globally. If you're an empathetic person and you're watching the news all the time or listening to the radio all the time, you're going to have a hard time with this. And I'm not very vocal in my empathy. I'm not outwardly empathetic. I internalize a lot of that. Seeing what's going on with the world, 
the chaos of it, the back and forth of what's good, what's bad, trying to solve the problems has been really tough on me personally because I like to fix things. I like to come up with the idea, the solution, talk people through it, and let's get it done. And, and that's the realtor in me, or maybe that's why I'm a realtor, because it's nonstop problem solving. Yeah, this is not something I can solve. And it's paying attention to this because I love like politics and world events is like a hobby for me. I just absolutely love it, paying attention to what's going on, thinking about it from all the different angles. What are the Democrats thinking? What are the Republicans thinking? Was it, why is it $2 trillion? Actually, it's $6 trillion, but nobody really talks about that. Why didn't we have masks where they use and they were apparently never replenished over the last... Uh, since 2013, all these different things that go and all this information, is that the truth or is this the truth? And trying to figure this out is really fun for me, but it's sure as hell stressful. And I caught myself getting really unfocused every, and then every deal I got at work, it's been going sideways and been hard. And it's emotionally been tough having to be there for my clients, having to be there for my kids, having to be there for my staff, having to be there for my family. And then at the end of the day, I'm spent. In a normal world, I'm, that's my everyday. And, but right now, it's been a little tougher because the freedom of being able to go de-stress or hang out, see a bunch of people, the freedom to be able to go play golf, the freedom to be able to go just go watch a movie and see my kids get their events and the dance, all that stuff has been ripped away. And it's made me try to figure out where where do I go to relieve my stress and the natural answer is well you should pray about it which I do and the natural Christian answer is lay it at the cross of the cross lay it at the foot of the cross and I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine the other day and I was like hey I don't know what that means I mean, I get the logical sense behind it and the cliché-ness. Hey, Jesus, I have this problem. There you go. Wash my hands of it. I just don't know how to do that. I know, hey, I know you got me. I know you love me. I love you. You got my back. I'm going to put it there. I just don't know how to get that worry part off. You know, like you go dig up a giant rock in the backyard, right? Trying to move it, make room for a garden, take the rock, pick it up, move it. And I put it right at the cross. That's the heavy part of this. But when I lay that down, my hands are still scratched up. I'm still sweaty. I'm still dirty. I got all the dirt in my nails and all that stuff. And, and it just lingers. And there's still a bunch of little rocks I got to deal with and move. And so I get the concept of taking it cross then I heard Stephen Furtick say something he's my online pastor said you're going to have fear you're going to have troubles and that is okay Jesus is not somebody that you just pull a lever it's not lever faith where you pull it and automatically it wipes everything away he said fear is going to be in the car with you but it doesn't have to drive and that's what it really means to take stuff and lay it at the foot of the cross. Is saying, I have more than I can handle. At least I think I do. 
I'm overwhelmed. I'm scared. I'm freaked out. Economy's gone bad. People are getting sick. You know, you can't walk around without thinking everyone you come in contact has this thing. That's a whole other phenomenon. And I can give it and put it there and say prayers, try to de-stress, get it off me. And the problem is I kind of tend to pick it up next day. And I think what happens is the rock I pick back up is a little bit lighter every day. If I let it be. And that's what I'm working on. Is trying to find a good outlet for stress and the chaos and the fear and the uncertainty of this. And for all those people out there that want to be the person that fixes everything. This may be your time to realize that you, you know, as the cliche says, I'm going to do my best and let God do the rest. This may be the actual test of that for a lot of people. This may be the actual moment where you say, I got no choice but to do that. Because what I found myself doing is not even doing my best because it's so big. It's so much to carry. I was looking for places to add to my stress instead of places to lessen it. And I kind of snapped myself out of that. But if you're there, it's understandable. Because the expectations that it's going to get better quickly is, is kind of out the window. We're living in that uncertain times. The expectations that the government is going to be able to handle this perfectly and test everyone you know, quickly is not realistic. Yet we're putting expectations on everybody else, except it's not realistic. There shouldn't be 100 million masks in America. Maybe, maybe there were. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but you think about it. You know, whatever the normal amount of mask that 3M and these companies produce, they probably need a hundredfold of that right now. And is that realistic that that can happen in a few months? It is so cool to see the companies change and MyPillow and Hanes and all these different companies starting to make masks and get the information from the uh, the FDA and the CDC and just, this is what the guidelines are and, and to start doing it and make investments into comp into equipment and employees and stuff. you got to really think and sit back and think about the adaptability of the country that we live in and other countries throughout the world who are making changes so quickly. It is just freaking amazing that a month and a half ago this company was making pillows and t-shirts and now they're making masks. It's the modern-day Rosie the Riveter. You at home on your Zoom call for your company or Rosie the Riveter. And it's a different type of front line this time. It's strange. And all I can do is encourage you to take it day by day. There's a few things you could do. If you're not a praying person, try it. It's not going to hurt anything. If you're a pray, praying person, do it. 
gratitude. It's hard to be sad when you're grateful. Because this is, I think, what what I'm seeing is all the things I'm missing, I wasn't grateful for when I had them. So I have a gratitude list and a looking forward to list in my head. Learn something. This is a beautiful time to learn something. Even if it's learning about yourself. Spend some serious quality time with your family, even though you're probably stuck with them and may not want to. At least sit down and watch a TV show together. Play a game. Go for a walk. Spend some serious time with yourself. I've been running more, taking two runs a day, two walks. Call somebody, write some notes. It's been weird for me, though, because, I mean, I'm still working my tail off 8, 10, 12 hours a day sometimes. So I haven't had much of that downtime, but the evenings have been different because my family's home. They're usually gone from 6 to 9 every night for ballet stuff and theater stuff, and we're running around chasing the kids. And the rushing part, the rush of the day is changed. And that's one of the greatest things out of this whole thing is we're not rushing anymore. And lastly is look at the things that are different during this slowdown for you. And what are the things right now that feel good, that are good, that are better because you aren't a slave to the schedule? You're not a slave to having to go to the office every day. What are the things you enjoy about being home? And then what are the things you don't? And so you can get an idea of like this little inventory list of your life right now and say, okay, going forward, I'm going to be able to adapt I'm going to take this thing I've learned to do at my house and do it more. Maybe I'm going to garden more. Maybe I'm going to spend less time on YouTube and Facebook and watching TV and more time outside. I have a guarantee my daughter's going to want to ride her bike every week now. My other one's going to want to ride her scooter. And so there's something to take out of this. One last thing to take out of this is the uh, absolute gratitude and for the time that we do live in. If you look back at the 1918 flu, the Spanish flu, and what they had to go through, you were much lucky, much luckier to be quarantined in 2020 than 1918. And so take advantage of the period of time that you have, the era you have, the Netflix era, the internet era, cell phones, 4G, 5G, LTE, whatever it is, you have it. You have access to it. You can still go to the grocery store in the hardest of times and find something to eat. You may not find toilet paper, but you'll find something to eat. It may not be the normal thing you got, but you'll find something to eat. So when the next storm comes, whether it be a, another outbreak of something or a hurricane, you'll be better prepared next time. So that's a good thing to take out of this. You're only going to be better prepared, though, if you actually learn from this. Don't let this time period be a waste and you come out the same. Don't let this go by without thinking about the world a little bit differently. 
You know, one thing I've thought about is I'm going to appreciate strangers a hell of a lot more. That interaction of walking into a coffee shop and buying a cup of coffee from somebody instead of driving through my car and being handed a coffee by somebody wearing a mask. To be able to look somebody in the face and smile. And... And just smile at them. <laughs> My alarm's going off. Tell me, I gotta go. Uh, look, being able to look somebody in the face and smile and say, "Hey, you know what? Thank you. Thanks for making my coffee. Glad you're there." Well, that's my musings on COVID nineteen. I've been a little hesitant to to put something down. Uh, I think Jen and I are going to try to do a podcast next couple of days. Schedule's been pretty nuts. Um, it's a hard time for everyone and our city is not shut down nearly as strong as some of the others so if you're in a town where things are pretty bad god bless you um hope you have fun isolation (laughs) that's two words that are hard to put together but make the best of it it's a tough thing to do hope your family's safe hope everyone in your town is safe we shall get through this it shall pass it shall pass like a gallstone but on the other side we'll feel better we'll be better we'll be stronger and hopefully we'll all be a little bit more grateful so i hope you go out today and create your best life in the midst of all of these terrible circumstances it can be a good life we'll talk to you next time thanks